0: are you considering investing in a new roof then this podcast is for you welcome to the Houston Roofer podcast where we take a deep dive into the roofing industry and provide you with the latest industry trends informative interviews answer all of your roofing questions and provide a buyer's guide for your next roofing project so that you can be confident in the decision that you're making now here's your host Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Houston Roofer. Today, we're super excited to have Todd Miller on the show. Todd is the president of Isaiah Industries, which is a leading manufacturer of specialty residential metal roofing. Todd has over 40 years of industry experience and is widely recognized for his knowledge, as well as his ability to guide contractors and property owners through the successful process of roofing. And he's also an expert on the Metal Roofing Alliance Ask the Experts board. So welcome, Todd. We're super excited to have you.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Awesome, Todd. Well, we're super excited, of course, to have you here. So we're going to talk about all things metal roofing today. So we get so many questions from our homeowners about metal roofs. So we wanted to have you as one of the industry's leading metal roofing experts on the show to talk about metal roofing. But first, before we get started, just give us a little bit about your background, a brief little bio.
1: Sure, I'll I'll keep it short. I've been in this industry my entire career. Our company was started by my father back in 1980. And I joined the company full-time in 1986 and have been here ever since. And the company is a resting fact here. The company is currently owned by myself and my best friend from college, who joined the company in 1988. And then he and I had bought out dad's interest, uh, I guess, about 10 years ago. But we manufacture a variety of primarily residential metal roofs. We do some standing seam, but we also manufacture a lot of stamped products to look like shake or slate or shingles. And we sell our products throughout North America, do a fair amount of exporting as well. We sell a lot of product into Japan and the Caribbean and some other places too.
2: Wow, that's amazing. So, You mentioned Isaiah Industries, which you're the president of. Give us a little background on that. So you said your dad started it, I guess. So, But when did it start and how far has it come? What's it like now?
1: Sure. So it's interesting. Back when the company was started, dad had started it with the acquisition of some product lines from Kaiser Aluminum that were used primarily for commercial applications. So back in the 80s, we were producing roofs for Pizza Hut and Dairy Queen and IHOP and 7-Eleven, a lot of other chains, Toys R Us, Dunkin' Donuts. About the time that I came into the business in the mid-80s, we saw that That commercial business was going to be really prone to architectural fads and cycles. You know, in the early 80s, Pizza Hut was building hundreds of stores every year. By the late 80s, they were closing hundreds of stores every year. And so we just didn't see that as a real firm place to be. And there were a few guys out there who were selling a couple of our product lines residentially. In fact, Houston, Texas was one of those areas and so my job was to go out and spend lots of time with those guys, learn what they were doing, and then go out and replicate it across the country with other contractors. And, you know, today our company is 90% residential. We do occasionally stumble across a commercial job. We we get involved with churches. We get involved with multifamily on occasion. But the bulk of our products are used for single-family residential re-roofing you kind of mentioned the the company name, Isaiah Industries, the company name back about 10 years ago. The company was started as Classic Products. And over time, that became more of a brand name for us than the corporate name. And so we went through a period where we wanted to change the corporate name that would allow us to have a variety of brands beneath that corporate name. And we chose Isaiah after the major prophet Isaiah from the Old Testament. And so we let our faith shine and it opens up lots of doors for conversations about that as well.
3: That's incredible to hear where it started and how y'all have acclimated with the times and you're very relevant. And I love that you've now really entered mainly into the residential space. And this is what this podcast is for because there's so much interest in homeowners and residential jobs that, you know there there's still some questions out there and obviously y'all are answering them all for everybody and really giving the client what they need but i mean as an interesting fact in your 40 years correct give or take sorry (laughs) no that's correct in your 40 years experience what's your biggest takeaway from everything you know what's something that sticks in your mind on the day-to-day is like wow that's something that i'll remember
1: you know, this is kind of a broad-based thing, but something I have been thinking a lot about lately is the consumer buying process. And I've really seen that change a lot over the years. You know, 30 years ago, a homeowner was having something done to their house and they would stick to the old rule. Well, I'm going to get three estimates and I'll either take the middle one or the low one. And, you know, I think they've what they've found is that that didn't always lead to the best result. And then, of course, we've entered the whole Amazon age now where uh, we are so accustomed to buying things on the basis of reviews and referrals. And, you know, we want to have that confidence from a non-biased party, from another customer that, yes, this is a good product or, yes, this is a good contractor to work with. I don't think any homeowner, especially today, where for all of us, our time is so precious. I don't think anyone enjoys that process of thinking, I'm going to have to meet with three contractors and get three bids on this. And so what we're seeing more and more is homeowners are using the internet as a way to really hone in on either the product they want and then let that product guide them to an experienced contractor, or they hone in on the contractor they want and let the contractor guide them to what you know, they think will be the best product for their home. People want to work with people they trust. They want to work with people that uh, they recognize as having some expertise. I mean, ultimately, that's what the whole I'm going to get three bids thing was about. It was partly about price, but it was also a lot about finding that contractor you were most comfortable with and you've had the greatest confidence in that they could get you what you needed and, and meet your needs. and you know, now people are using the internet to find that. So I think the big change I've seen is people are starting to realize You know, I I don't have to go out and get three bids. I don't have to go through this misery of a whole bunch of contractors coming to my house and me having to carve out time for all of them. Instead, I can look for the products and the contractors I like and uh, work specifically with the experts I want. And so I think that's been a big change I've seen happen. And I think it's kind of exciting because, you know, you take a company like TrueWorks that really focuses on the consumer and, you know, focusing on doing some leading edge things and podcasting and trying to create a more educated consumer. That's what consumers want is they want someone who provides them that education. And, you know, what what you end up is in the role of not selling per se, so much as just providing information and leading them to the decision that's right for them. Because a decision on roofing that is right for one homeowner may not be right for their next door neighbor. Because if their next door neighbor says, you know, I'm going to probably sell this house in two or three years, they have different goals today with re-roofing. Then the homeowner says, they're going to carry me out of this house. I'm going to live here until I die. They have very different goals from each other. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good stuff.
2: That is good stuff. Yeah, we definitely see that on our end, a much more educated client, educated home buyer who's done tons of research prior to them ever calling us, especially for roofing systems like a metal roofing system. So yeah, we totally agree and see that. We want to nerd out a little bit and uh, get into some of the the facets of this, right, of a metal roof. So, and some of the science of it. So, first of all, just big picture cost. What's the difference? I know it's, there's a lot of variations, but what's the difference between you know in cost between a metal roof and say a typical asphalt shingle?
1: Sure, it's a good question, and you know, I, I mean, my typical answer to that is you're probably looking at two to three times the investment. However, there can be variations that may change that dramatically. For example, you may be able to go over your existing layer of asphalt shingles with a metal roof. You generally don't want to do that with another asphalt shingle in most cases. And so that can bring some cost savings the other thing then that you start to help the consumer look at is, okay, you may pay more up front for the metal, but especially in a state like Texas, if it reduces your cooling costs throughout the year by 20% or 15% or 25%, you know how much does that bring back to you over time? And so a lot of times with metal roofing, what they end up looking at is helping the consumer look more at their cost per year, rather than just their plain old cost. I mean, I've got an interesting quick story. Several years ago, my parents, I mean, the founder of our company and his whole life was metal roofing at that point, they, they built a new home. And of course they put one of our products on their new home. Well, the home that they had lived in had asphalt shingles on it. And they found when they sold the house, they had to put a new roof on it. He even opted for asphalt shingles again because it probably wasn't going to immediately bring back the extra resale value to him of investing in a metal roof right before he sold the home. Now, if he would have said, well, I'll sell this home in 15 years... That would have been an entirely different scenario because in 15 years, another asphalt shingle would be even more expensive. He would have enjoyed energy savings over 15 years. But in this case, he's like, I might as well just put asphalt on it. And so there's a house there that it's about due for re-roofing now. It's been about 15 years. So maybe we'll get it this time.
2: I think that's great. Can you explain the difference between some of our customers ask us this, but an exposed fastener system versus concealed fastener roofing system
1: for metal? We see a lot of exposed fasteners used in the agricultural industry. And exposed fastener panels are basically vertical or longitudinally run sheets of corrugated metal. And they're laid up on the roof and the good guys will pre-drill their holes, but some guys don't. But then the screws are driven right through them to fasten them to the roof deck, and so you've got these exposed screws. And they will use screws typically that have a rubber grommet on them, some sort of rubber neoprene grommet or washer on it, and then a cap head to help protect that that grommet. What? those systems don't have as any allowance for the expansion and contraction of the metal. And metal will expand and contract with temperature changes. I don't have those figures at my fingertips, but it's actually kind of shocking. I mean, if you take a 30 foot long piece of metal that it can vary with temperature change, And so what happens when you've got those exposed fasteners and you get temperature changes, that metal is pulling against the fastener and something has to give. And there's a couple of things that happen. The fasteners will just naturally sort of back out and loosen up and then start to loosen up to the point of where they'll, they'll shift with the expansion and contraction. And then you also get the fastener hole starts to wallow out a little bit. And as soon as those things start to happen, obviously, you've got a situation where Water can get in around those fasteners, can infiltrate the roof system, can get into the attic, and of course, cause problems. On the other hand, concealed fasten systems, which primarily do have their use in residential and also some commercial and what I call monumental buildings, churches, and so forth. But concealed fastener products, those fasteners are all concealed by the design of the product, so you don't have these exposed screw heads. Also, because the fasteners are concealed, a lot of times the fasteners have been designed, on top of not being exposed, they've been designed to allow for the thermal movement of the metal. They may go through clips, they may go into slotted holes, a variety of ways to allow for that metal to expand and contract without fatiguing those fasteners over time. So those are the two primary differences. We do see exposed fastener products being used residentially. I'm not a huge fan of it, but then I also do understand that some folks are saying, you know, I'd like a metal roof, but if if I have to do some maintenance on it every few years to tighten the screws or replace the screws, I'm willing to do that. And so it just becomes a consumer choice. And that's one of the things I like about metal roofing is you do have a pretty wide range of products and selections and price points. If you look at asphalt shingles, you got some price points out there, but by and large, the products are all relatively similar. I mean, the chemistry of of how they're made is very, very similar, but in metal, there's there's a few more decisions there that the consumer has to be aware of to make the right decision for them.
2: Yeah, that's great. So basically, exposed fastener systems typically would just require more maintenance. So, you know, every few years, those grommets may re- kind of deteriorate, whereas a concealed fastener system is going to be more of a watertight roofing system. So probably more optimal. But tell me a little bit about a couple of the different metals that you use in your roofing systems and maybe steel versus like aluminum. What do you recommend as far as that goes?
1: Sure. So the the two general types of metal that are most prominent in metal roofing are, as you said, steel and aluminum. Steel for the most part being the lion's share of that. Now, steel breaks down further into galvalume and and galvanized, and galvalume steel has a anti-corrosive coating on it, primarily of aluminum, to help discourage the steel from rusting. Galvanized has an anti-corrosive coating of primarily zinc on it to keep it from rusting. And it's kind of a long story. Someone was asking me earlier today, in fact, Well, what about cut edge protection? And a bit of a long story to explain that, but in a typical environment, what happens is when it rains, you'll get zinc uh, molecules out of the galvanization that come and are deposited on those cut edges and in essence, protect those cut edges over time. Mm -hmm. However, if you're in a real corrosive environment, let's say you're right on a salt coast or let's say you're in an area that's extremely prone to acid rain, which actually we don't have too many areas like that here in, the, here in the United States anymore. But you know, an extremely corrosive environment will speed up that whole process. So you may get rust on those cut edges before the zinc or the aluminum has had a chance to protect it. And so that's the reason that a lot of times such as my general recommendation is, if you're within mile and a half or so of a saltwater coast, I would lean toward aluminum. You know, Outside of that, steel certainly makes a good roof. There is a little bit more, what shall I say, onus on the installer with a steel roof because you wanna make sure you cut the steel correctly where you've got a nice, crisp, clean shearing action so you don't expose a lot of steel. I have seen contractors saw cut steel roofing, and you know what happens when you saw cut steel, you get this horrible jagged rough edge, and that probably will be a rough spot because it exposes so much bare carbon steel. So there's a little bit more onus with a steel roof on the contractor to do things right. If you do scratch the metal, which you're dealing with sharp pieces of metal, you're gonna occasionally scratch the paint finish on a steel roof. If it's a deep enough scratch, you're going to want to put some touch-up paint on it to protect it. But, you know, well done. A steel roof works great. An aluminum roof can work great as well. If someone was in an extreme hail area, I could probably make an argument that steel would be a better choice than aluminum because it's a stronger metal. On the other hand, if you get softball-sized hail like you guys can get in Texas, so sometimes there isn't much at all that survives that
3: that's very informative it's great to know those different options and especially geographically you know how it applies to anyone from the west coast to you know middle america mm-hmm. in your knowledge and just to let everybody know what is you know the average lifespan of a metal roof and i mean if there's different longevities to different types of installations whether it be like a metal type shingled, because there's you know perforations in there yeah if you could just educate All of us, I'd like to know. How long is a metal roof supposed to last?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I I think that the primary factor on how long a metal roof is going to last is the type of finish that's on it. And there are four basic types of finishes used on metal roofs. I'm going to exclude the high-end natural metals like zinc and copper. Zinc and copper make great roofs, very long-lasting 80, 90, 100-year roofs, and they don't need any sort of extra coating on them. But when we're dealing with steel and aluminum, there are some coating options. Probably the base level is a clear acrylic coating, and we see this used on galvalume steel. We don't typically see it used on galvanized nor on aluminum. But the clear acrylic coating really washes away after about five to seven years. And so at that point, you just have the plain galvalume exposed. At that point, it depends a lot upon how harsh that environment is. And again, a corrosive environment is going to take more of a toll faster on the metal. But, you know, an unpainted or a, what we call acrylic coated, clear coated metal roof probably in most environments should get you 20 to 30 years of service. Now, at some point, if you start to see some surface rust starting to develop, you can paint that roof and get another 20, 30, 40 years out of it by by painting an actual color on it at that point. We go up from the clear coatings and we get into a type of paint chemistry called polyester. And there's a lot of variants of polyester paints. There's one called super polyester, which you know typically is at the top. But the polyesters are good finishes. We see those used a lot in the agricultural and some in the commercial and industrial markets. We see them a little bit in residential. They don't have the fade and chalk resistance that the next type of paint finish I'm going to talk about does. They will get you a really good-looking paint finish for about... 10 to 12 years, but then they will start to accelerate in terms of fade and chalk. And again, you're dealing with a paint finish that if someone suddenly looks up there in 30 years and says, you know, my that's changed color enough, I'd like to paint it. You can paint the roof and don't have to replace it. You just repaint it. But I would generally say with a polyester finish, especially in Texas, you're probably going to be at about 20 to 25 years. And someone's going to say, eh, I think I'd like to freshen this up with a new coat of paint. So then above that, we get into the PVDF finishes. Those are oftentimes referred to by their trade names of Kynar and Hylar. These are the best finishes in terms of fade and chalk resistance. They've got the best warranties for fade and chalk resistance. And even in Texas or other southern exposure areas, these finishes are going to be 40 years plus before someone says, that's eh, that's change finish, change color enough, I'd like to paint it. And then finally, we've got another type of entirely different type of finish available, which is called a stone coating or an aggregate coating. And this is basically very similar to the aggregate that's on asphalt shingles, except it's being glued to a steel shingle base. These are very attractive products, they can do some cool things with color, uh, and it In the consumer's mind, they kind of create a bridge. Okay, asphalt shingles, they got stones on them, the same stones just on a steel base, it's going to be better and there absolutely will be. Uh, So that's another option for consumers as well. I think most folks will generally recognize that the painted finishes are going to get you a more durable, trouble-free coating than the stone will, but they're still a good option too. There's lots of good stone-coated products out there.
3: So you've touched on the different types of coatings and that there are some color options. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of different applications. Touch on the Kynar just for a second because us as a company, we do mainly focus on presenting that to homeowners since it is the most long lasting. It's very minimal fading. The before and after pictures are beautiful and very hard to pick which one's the before and which one's the after. So right. on those, I know standing seam has their own set of colors and any other types of finishes have their own colors. But how many are there? Is there a lot? Can you create your own custom? You know, what What are the options there?
1: You know, interesting question. So in the standing seam market, we have kind of seen our industry morph to probably 20 to 25 sort of standard colors. So as you look at different manufacturers, you're gonna see they may put different names on the colors, but you look at their color charts and you're like, okay, this is the same color, just a different name. And you know that's kind of been one of the ways our industry has kind of consolidated, not in terms of companies or ownership, but consolidated our supply chain, is if you will, by coming down to some standard colors the interesting thing is those of us on the metal shingle side tend to have our own proprietary colors that no one else has. And, you know, a lot of times we've designed those carefully to match our products. We're seeing, uh, especially in the metal shingle industry, you see a lot of what we call print coats, which means that the product can have multiple colors on it. So there may be a base color down on the metal, and then there might be one or two or three other colors layered on top of that to give some really neat effects. You know, a little bit like when you look at synthetic or or laminated flooring and you see how the colors are brought out. There's some similar things being done on roofing you brought up a good question though about custom colors. And I actually don't think any other companies offer this, but we actually offer a unique thing called our bond finish. And bond is a powder applied PVDF finish. So we actually apply it on top of a standard applied PVDF finish. We electrostatically spray the powder on. We cure it at 450 degrees and they sort of through something called thermoplasticity, they, they kind of fuse together. But we can actually do one-off custom color roofs. And we've gotten involved in particular with some really cool historical projects. We had one where they sent us an old piece of tile they wanted us to match. We had another one where I visited and brought back old wood shingles that they wanted to match and we color match those on one off projects. And I think we might be the only manufacturer that can do one off custom color roofs. So it's that's kind of fun. Our our folks always enjoy the challenge of matching something that someone sends to us. That's amazing. That's incredible.
2: A true custom, one of a kind roof. Yeah. Todd, our homeowners ask us a lot of times when they're interested in a metal roof, they want to know, is it energy efficient? You know, let's talk money in their pocket, right? What's it going to do as far as their cooling bill goes?
1: Sure. So we will oftentimes hear from homeowners that it reduces their cooling bill by any place from 20 to 30 percent. You know, every home has its own characteristics in terms of you know even where they keep their thermostat or how often they open doors or windows and things. but that's pretty typical is 20 to 30 percent. And there's a couple ways that happens. Most of the paint finishes used in painted metal roofing today have reflective pigment in them. So even in dark colors we can get some decent reflectivity. And for many years there was a federal tax credit for metal roofs that had that reflective pigment. That tax credit expired at the end of 2021. Our government has had a history of sometimes renewing that retroactively at the end of the year so there's a chance even though we can't tell consumers if they buy this year they'll get the tax credit there's a chance it could get renewed toward the end of the year so it's partly the reflective pigment that causes the energy efficiency the other part that we find is with the metal shingles we end up with a dead airspace or a thermal break between the metal and the roof deck and I'm telling you, you know, any piece of metal, just like your car, it sits out in the sun. You go put your hand on it's hot, and the metal on the roof is going to do the same thing. But if the roof system is designed so that that metal rather than be against the structure is against a dead airspace, then it can't conduct that heat right into the structure. Hmm. And so we had some studies done a number of years ago by Florida Solar Energy Center. And part of the comparison they did was a highly reflective white standing seam roof. And, you know, white is the Cadillac standard in terms of reflectivity. It has a natural reflectivity of about 65%. They compared one of our brown metal shingles that at the time had a reflectivity of about 17% to that white standing seam. We were actually keeping the attic cooler beneath the brown metal shingle than they were beneath the white standing seam. And it's all because that standing seam sits right on the roof deck and conducts that heat right down to the structure, whereas the metal shingle has that dead airspace or what we call a thermal break, and it doesn't conduct that heat right to the structure. So that was pretty cool test results. It's it's still on the internet. If you search Florida Solar Energy Center roofing study from, I want to say 2001, you'll find the results of it.
2: Oh, that's fascinating. That's amazing. It makes a lot of sense. It's just the same concept as like a double pane window, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow, beautiful. Okay. So tell me how important is it? I know it is for you guys at Isaiah, but why is it important to have US sourced steel or aluminum? And and what are some of your things a homeowner would watch out about or be careful about, you know, if it wasn't, let's say?
1: Sure. You know, our steel industry in the United States seems to always be changing. Our company, has always had a general rule that we only source domestic metal. And there have been a couple times when metal has been an extremely tight supply that we have bought foreign metal. And most every time I've regretted it because of the quality that, that we got. Now, the quality was still to our standards. But, you know, we would find things like inconsistencies in the shape of the metal. We would find holes in the metal sometimes. But, you know, manufacturers can watch for that and, and protect the consumer against that. Where the consumer really has to be careful is some of the stuff that's coming in from offshore, where it's simply an offshore produced product. And you may not know what you're getting. So if we buy steel, I specify G90 galvanized, and no matter where I get it from, again, it's 99% domestic, but even if I should buy some offshore, I can still make sure it's G90 galvanized. Mm -hmm. But if you buy a product that's coming from offshore, you may analyze that product and find it's nowhere close to G90, Mm -hmm. which means there's not much zinc on it, which means you have very little cut edge protection. I would really encourage people to to watch that. And one of the great ways to protect yourself against that, there's an organization called Metal Construction Association or MCA. The website is metalconstruction.org. And they have a certified metal roofing program that our company and some other manufacturers belong to. And part of that certification is that we can verify where our metal comes from, what quality is, what standard it is, when it was run. And so any product out in the field, we have labeled or marked it in a way so we can identify exactly where that steel came from or exactly where that aluminum came from. And the consumer really, and part of the program too, is it has to be high quality. I can't verify that I'm producing junk Product It has to be high quality product. But for the consumer, that kind of takes some of the guesswork out. If you simply ask your contractor, is this an MCA certified product? Or at the very least, does this meet MCA certification standard? That's awesome. Great tip. And they'll find with us that, that all of our products do. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's
2: one of the reasons, obviously, we... Use products from Isaiah Industries is because of we know that we're getting and providing the client something of great quality. You guys hold that in such high standard. We really appreciate that. So one question that makes me laugh, but all my homeowners ask this when they want to talk about a metal roof, they go, is it loud when it rains? What are your thoughts about that?
1: You know, I've, I've had very few complaints over the years and, you know, tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of roofs. I remember two times where the folks had what I call California construction over their master bedroom. And by that, I mean they laid in bed and they looked up at the painted underside of their roof deck. And in those situations, they said, you know, it makes enough noise at night. I'm not real happy. And, you know, we came up with some solutions to put some sound deadening insulation on the top of the roof deck to eliminate their concern. But no, generally speaking with normal construction where you've got, you know, as insulation in your attic or on your ceilings, you usually have either an attic space or some sort of airspace in there. The main complaint we get is from folks who said, you know, I thought I'd be able to hear that it would help me sleep at night. I don't hear it. I know at my wife and I's house, we spend a lot of our time in our family room and Very rarely, I'll I'll go to take the dogs out and be like, oh, I didn't have a clue it was raining out here. We just don't hear it at all.
3: Wow, that's incredible. So there is another big question that we get from people seeking metal estimates, just knowledge from our company about your company is, especially in new construction as well, even whenever there's not a lot of development around to really reference, you don't really know what everybody's building, what their plans look like, but even with a homeowner who has an existing roof that wants to go metal, how difficult is it to get HOA approval and what are the options that a homeowner has?
1: Sure. I have worked with a lot of HOAs over the years. In fact, we even have a website called roofingforhomeownersassociations.com. And we've worked with a lot of HOAs to help walk them through that process of adapting their covenants to maybe accept the types of metal roofs that fit well in their community and reject the types of metal roofs they don't want. And one of the common things I'll hear from HOAs is, you know, well, we don't want something that's going to show rust in five years or we don't want something that's going to fade or we don't want something that looks real commercial bright colors or something like that and so i have worked with a lot of hoas to help them rewrite those covenants i've done that sometimes by meeting with them in person sometimes by video conferencing sometimes just by email it really is possible for them to Choose the metal roofs that are appropriate and will add value to their homes and also provide good aesthetic appeal as well. You just got to kind of help them walk through that process. In 40 years, I've only seen a couple of HOAs that just flat out we couldn't budge them but it hasn't happened very often. And sometimes I've also seen a couple of homeowners have been kind of clever. So if they had like a pool house or a small shed, they would go ahead and roof it and say, hey, if you don't like this, I'll take it off, but come take a look at it. And invariably, when they did that, the powers that be were like, oh, that's exactly what we need. In our ne- How do you get that? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just a lot of times a lot of education and helping them understand that their preconceived notions of what a metal roof may be may not be accurate anymore.
3: That's incredible that you go that extra mile to educate. Mm -hmm. One of our big things in our company is the more education. And as we touched on at the very beginning, that's what consumers are wanting. They want you to do the legwork because the internet's huge, you know, and there's so many contractors, there's so many different roofing installation type. If you can put it in a beautiful educated package for them, that, that creates trust, knowledge, and just a sense of security of this. Big investment, as we talked about on a price point. And also the fact that, you know, you do have all these different color options. So you have different things to present to the HOAs. Okay, well, if I can't get the, you know, patina green that I want, you know, can I go this route? And so there are options that way because this is a very customizable installation and a great way for a homeowner to really express themselves through their roof. And it's really, really awesome that you have all these different steps that you can take, whether it be color options, whether it be HOA approvals, whether it be all the websites that you referenced, which we will put in the notes, we'll put links to all these websites and what they do that you've referenced. But it just seems like just a win for the client, such a great investment. And especially with a company that's apparently, you know, just definitely going to go the extra mile for them.
1: One thing I want to pull out too on HOAs is metal roofs make a super base to put solar on. Typically, if someone's looking at putting PV panels on their house, you know, if they've got an asphalt shingle that's more than 10 years old, the PV company is going to say, you got to get a new roof first. There's no point in putting these panels on top of your roof. A metal roof, what we commonly see is homeowners will invest now in a metal roof and They'll start to enjoy the energy savings of that metal roof. And then they'll be like, okay, now I know what my energy bills are going to be like after the metal roof. Now I'm ready to put a solar roof on top of it. And, you know, typically they'll find they can go with a little bit smaller system than what they would have gone with before they put the metal roof on. But even in 10 or 20 years, that metal roof is just as solid and stable and good of a base to put solar on as it is when it's new.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's amazing. So HOAs, they typically are, they have that clause in there to keep out our panel. They don't want barn type roofs in there. And you guys have, you mentioned it already, but a metal shingle, you have several different kinds. When I tell people about this, they're like, I didn't even know I always get the response. I didn't even know there was such thing as a metal shingle. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about how you guys came up with that and a little bit of the evolution of where that's come to today. Sure. today.
1: You know, it surprises a lot of people, and that is the common comment, didn't know this existed. Probably today's metal shingles have their roots back in the late 40s, believe it or not. So it's not entirely new technology, but what we found was that with the development of better paint systems, it started to make a whole lot more sense for consumers. I mean, and and in fact, there were metal shingles made back in the Victorian era, and I can take you to some old, town, old towns. I remember visiting Waxahachie, Texas once and saw a lot of old Victorian-era metal shingles there. So, so it's been around a while, but paint systems and things, the ability to produce at higher speeds and still produce good product, Those things have all helped to make it more practical and attainable uh, for homeowners today than it used to be. But yeah, typically these panels are interlocking on all sides. That's certainly something to look for. There are some metal shingles that are not, but I would look for a panel that has some sort of interlock on all sides. And then, you know, you've got designs out there, both product designs and paint designs or coating designs that can make these products look like cedar shake or slate or tile or traditional asphalt shingles also. So a lot of good variety homeowners can choose from. Again, part of what I love about metal roofing is that wide variety, both aesthetically, price point and performance wise.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We've had the pleasure to install some of your metal roofing systems for our clients and they're breathtakingly beautiful and mostly we love that they're going to last for decades and decades and decades ahead so it's just a great product tell us what are you most excited about about the future of metal roofing and isaiah industries and what you guys are doing
1: sure you know we're always looking at the industry and looking for new developments and new places we can go i do think So the PVDF or Kynar paint finishes today are incredible, incredible performers. Great results coming out of those products. And it's actually pretty proven technology. I do think we're going to see some even better finishes coming down the road. I think we're going to continue to see more in terms of those multi-hued finishes. So again, it doesn't have to be all brown or all gray or something And then those multi-hued finishes allow us to make the products more realistic in terms of looking like slate or something. Yeah, I I think those are some of the areas we're going to see development. I mean, way down the road, we're definitely going to see more integration of solar into metal roofing. There's a lot of work being done in that area right now. Some products are out there, but they don't have near the efficiency of just putting PV panels up on top of a of a good metal roof, but I think we're going to see more of that happening. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we'll continue to just see market share growth, and anytime you're include you're seeing market share growth, you're going to see new products being developed and new styles coming along and new looks for consumers to choose from.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. This has been great. I think all of our listeners will have gotten a lot from this. So. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't get to
1: talk about? You know, we really have covered it all. I feel like I should add something. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. You you really have done a great job of asking questions and covering a lot of territory here. I think the big thing, though, is I think it's important as a consumer to make sure that you align yourself with a contractor who spends time hearing what it is you want to accomplish with your next roof and you know if you find yourself with a contractor who just comes in and says here's what we handle it's the best thing for you trust me maybe look for someone who takes a little more time with you because every house every homeowner has some very specific and unique needs and They have, you know, you as a homeowner have a right to be able to express those needs and have a contractor that then listens to those needs and comes back and guides you in a good direction to have your needs met. When you don't do that is when you oftentimes end up with decisions you regret later and saying, oh, I made this. Big investment, but it didn't really accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, so I think that's a big advice for consumers find Find a contractor who listens and asks you questions
2: That's great. Well, tell us what's the best way for our audience to get a hold
1: of you and look you up Sure. If they want to connect with me professionally, I'm on LinkedIn. You can just search Todd Miller Metal Roofing and you'll find me. I also have an educational website for consumers at asktoddmiller.com. Probably my easiest email is todd, T-O-D-D, at asktoddmiller.com. And then, of course, they can learn more about our products at castleandirons.com. That's K-A-S-S-E-L and irons, I-R-O-N-S dot com. That's one of one of the brands of metal roofing that we produce. And of course, we have worked with you good folks on.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We'll put all those links in the show notes. So, well, Todd, thank you so much. This has been a blast and we'll have to have you on again sometime. We wish you all the luck in the future, sir.
1: Well, thank you so much. Good luck with everything. And it was a pleasure to connect and look forward to seeing you next time I'm in Houston.
2: Absolutely. Talk to you soon, Todd.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Houston Roofer Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and take a moment to share it with your friends. Visit our podcast website to listen to all the latest episodes at www.houstonrooferpodcast.com and follow TrueWorks Roofing on social media. Our handle is TrueWorks Roofing and check out our website www.trueworksroofing.com or call us at area code 713-903-ROOF to schedule a roof repair or roof replacement consultation. See you on the next episode.